Welcome back, MTN Giants podcast. Reacting to the Jets-Giants game, a 13-10 final score. If you enjoy incompetent football, bad franchises, injuries, missed field goals, teams trying to beat themselves, this was the game for you. And bad weather. So, honestly, first thing, you know, first and foremost, shout out to the fans that went to this game because I don't know how you sat through it. I know some people probably left early, but... To sit through a 13-10 game, which was mostly a 10-7 game for most of it, I don't know how you do it. Um, obviously, a disappointing loss if you're a Giants fan. You know, I didn't really care if they won or lost at this point. I mean, look, whether you're 3-5 and five or 2-6, and six, who cares? You're not going to make the playoffs. Um, the Giants now have the third pick in the draft, so that's the good news here. And, and honestly, at this point, like, I'd rather just have a better pick. You know, like, there's no point in winning anymore. There's, you know, players are going to play to win. Coaches are going to coach to win. But as for the front office and the fans that would rather see the team have a, a better shot at a franchise quarterback, I think losing is, is fine in that regard. So whether that's the right way to root for a team, that's up for your interpretation. But that could be the best thing in the end. So, yeah, the Giants fall to 2-6. and six. Um, It's another rough season here of just injuries. Of course, Tyrod left the game with the ribs injury. He's staying in a hospital overnight, so hopefully he's okay. Tommy DeVito came in and just looked horrible. He was 2 of 7 for negative 1 passing yards. The Giants had negative 9 passing yards on the day. First team since 2000 to have a number that low in the passing yards department. So, pretty embarrassing game for the Giants, and I've seen some embarrassing ones. It's, it's not like week 1 bad because, you know, it, even in that game, the Giants had a really good first drive and it ended with a blocked kick. And, you know, at least for Dallas, they put up points. But I think this is a game where just both teams looked horrible. I don't think Jets fans walk away from this game feeling great about their team. And obviously the Giants, you know, you feel even worse. So I feel like this is just an ugly game all around. One of those games that you wish you just didn't have to sit down and watch for three and a half hours. But we do. And, uh, yeah, so just is what it is. But hope you get, hopefully you guys enjoy the video. Leave a like always helps out, and let's get into it. So we'll start with the offense like we always do, and we'll start with Jamie Gillen. That's how effed up this game was. We'll start with the freaking punter. Uh, Jamie and Gillen had 13 punts in one game. That doesn't doesn't look right, but this game apparently broke a record for like the most punts in a game since like 2003. So it's it's embarrassing. So 13 punts for Jamie Gillen. I want to see how many punts Thomas Morstead had. He did well. He had a few punts inside like the five-yard line. He had 11 punts, 48 yards average, four punts inside the 20. For the Giants, they had um, five punts inside the 20. Okay, that's nice. But, uh, yeah, just that, like, every time there was a third down, it seemed like neither team can get one. The Jets, the Jets almost didn't have one the entire game. I think it took the Jets until very late in the game to convert on a third down. They were 2 for 15, the Jets. The Giants were 2 for 19. So I guess technically the Giants were worse, but they picked one up earlier in the game. And the Giants did, you know, kill the Jets in time of possession, 38 to 25 minutes. But, you know, the Giants just lacked efficiency in the red zone. They lacked any type of passing game whatsoever. Saquon Barkley had 36 carries, which I believe ties a career high. I think he had 36 last year in that game versus the Texans. And, and this game kind of felt like that in a way because they were just running play after play after play. I think Jordan Ronan had a tweet that at one point the Giants had 33 design running plays out of 34 plays. So it's just crazy how this offense was ran. I'm sure a lot of people are pissed off with Brian Dable. Yes, it was um, 
Going into overtime, the Giants haven't completed a pass since the second quarter. They've called design runs on 33 of their last 34 offensive plays from Jordan Ronan. So crazy stuff there. But it was really tough to watch. He knew every single play. They were going to try and just jam it up the middle to Saquon Barkley. And sometimes it worked. Most times it didn't. Um, for the passing offense, there was nothing. I mean, the Giants' leading receiver in this game was God, I mean, it's Darren Waller who left the game in like the second quarter or maybe first quarter with a hamstring injury. So hopefully he's fine. I don't know how bad that's going to be. But Matt Breda had one catch for four yards and so did Darren Waller. One catch for four yards led the team. Saquon had three catches for zero yards. Darius Slayton had one catch for negative one yards. So an embarrassment there in the passing department, but it was 14 total passing attempts, seven each for Tyrod and DeVito. Tyrod had... Eight yards passing, four of seven. Of course, he got knocked out pretty early. DeVito came in, pretty much handed off the ball, but DeVito was two for seven for negative one yards. I feel like I just felt like every single DeVito pass was behind the line of scrimmage. We saw the passes in overtime that were for negative yards to Saquon Barkley. So no surprise that the Giants um, had no success at all passing the ball. But as I mentioned, Saquon, 36 carries, 128 yards. That's 3.6 a carry, not the most efficient, but that was the only source of offense they had. Tyrod was good on the ground before leaving. He had five carries for 33 yards, 6.6 a carry. Wandale had 17 yards for two carries. Matt Breda, 13 yards on five carries. DeVito was 12 yards on the ground for four carries and had the rushing touchdown on the read option, which on that drive, the Jets absolutely just shot themselves in the foot twice. I think there were two plays on that drive where there was unnecessary roughness and the Giants were even lucky to get a touchdown on that drive. I mean, it probably should have been a field goal at most, but the Jets, as I said, they shot themselves in the foot. And it almost cost them the game. I mean, it came down to one second to go, and Zach Wilson got that spike off just in time. But that, you know, that one drive of the Tommy DeVito rushing touchdown, the Jets not being disciplined almost cost them that game, which would have been rough. But there's really not much else to say on offense. I mean, the offensive line did what they could. They weren't fantastic, but it wasn't horrible either. I feel like four sacks is pretty... Uh, you know, pretty much on par for what this team does on a weekly basis the past few weeks. Um, the Jets had way more penalty yard, not way more, but 12 more penalty yards, nine penalties for 85 yards. The Giants had six penalties for 73 yards. Just going through my game notes, I mean, the Giants probably should have had a touchdown on the first drive. There was a nice throw by Tyrod in the corner of the end zone to Slayton, and Slayton just could not track it. I feel like he turned his head twice and couldn't locate the ball, and it fell incomplete. So the Giants settled for the 30-yard field goal to make it 3-0. And that's another topic, by the way. It's Graham Gano, who I believe in the postgame admitted that he does need knee surgery in the offseason. So obviously Graham Gano is trying to gut through it and, and keep playing for this team, and I get it. You're like a pretty highly paid kicker at this point, and you know, Graham Gano has been awesome as a giant, but the last few weeks, Graham Gano has not been that good. He's one for three today. He made the 31 yarder in the first quarter, as I mentioned, but Graham Gano missed two field goals. One of them basically lost them the game. It wasn't all his fault, of course, but a big miss at the end. So I feel like Graham Gano, you may have to shut him down for a bit, maybe the entire season. I don't know how bad this knee surgery is going to be. Um, I guess one good thing from this game is Gunnar Olachewski. Olachewski, I forget, I don't know how to pronounce his name or last name, but Gunnar Olachewski, maybe the former Patriot. I think he was a Steeler maybe at one point, or I'm probably thinking of someone else. But yeah, um, he had a nice game returning punts. He had six punt returns for 56 yards. That's more production than we usually get. So 
pretty happy about that. Um, but really not much else to say offensively. I'm trying to go through certain plays, and, you know, there was a Tyrod 17-yard run. Gano missed a 47-yard kick, and there may have been a bad snap there. Um, Darren Waller got ruled out in the second quarter, as I mentioned. Um, Tyrod injured on the self-passing play. It was a weird play where the ball slipped out of Tyrod's hands. He caught it, and he went down on the sidelines, and that was the end of it. Um, not much else. I mean, look, there was really nothing going on there. There was the DeVito read option touchdown in the third quarter, so that was good to see. And the Giants were almost able to close out this game. Now, this was the big controversial, controversial call, and... Honestly, Brian Dable probably effed up. I'm not going to lie. I love Brian Dable. He was awesome last year, coach of the year. But in this particular instance, I feel like he really effed up. So there was a chance for the Giants on fourth and one from the Jets' 17-yard line. So you're well into Jets' territory. They would have to go the whole field to get a field goal and tie the game. Instead of going for the one yard, the Giants decide to trot on Graham Gano for a 35-yard field goal. And by the way... Graham Gano has not been himself lately. I think we knew that. And Graham Gano missed the field goal, which then gave the um, the Jets you know, a somewhat shorter field. It was still a three-point game, and it gave them enough time to go down and tie the game and ultimately win the game in overtime. So Brian Dable should probably take some heat for not going for it on the fourth and one, up by three on the Jets' 17-yard line. Like I get your quarterback is Tommy DeVito, but you have Saquon Barkley. I feel like... You know, I feel like seven out of ten times you give Saquon a carry there, it's probably going for a first down. So I, I don't know what exactly the percentage is. I definitely made that up in my head. But think about it. The guy averaged 3.6 yards per carry today. What's the math there if you give him, like, you know, X amount of chances to go fourth and one? How many times does Saquon get it? I feel like seven out of ten is a pretty reasonable amount of times. So personally, I would have went for it there, but it just seemed like the ultimate tank job by the Giants there at the end of this game, which, hey, I respect it. If you get us a great quarterback in the end, I respect it. But just a terrible way to coach a game, in my opinion. The Giants had the ball first in overtime. It was horrible. There was a 10-yard penalty for holding. Then there were the couple, you know, passes to Saquon that went nowhere. I think one of them was no gain. The other was a one-yard loss. So then it was third and 21, and he went for Saquon again, incomplete. I think that ball got tipped and almost intercepted, so that would have been the game right then and there. But, um... Just a really disappointing overtime offensive sequence right there. And you can tell the fans were frustrated. Fans were booing. They were not going downfield at all. I mean, everything the Giants offense did was behind the line of scrimmage. And you cannot win that way. They almost did. They came literally a second away from winning that way. But you just can't do it, especially for an extended period of time. So... You know, the Giants kind of got what they deserved. And and the question is, like, if Tommy DeVito's that bad that you can't trust him to throw the ball downfield at all, why is he on the roster in the first place? And I, I believe a reporter asked Brian Dable that at the end, saying that, hey, Tyrod Taylor's had an injury history. If, if Tommy DeVito, if you don't trust him enough to throw the ball more than seven times and even take one shot downfield, then why is he on the roster? And Brian Dable tried to say, well, it was just the flow of the game. You know, it was a defensive game, all that stuff. But, like, still, I mean, you can't have a quarterback on your roster if you think he's that bad. Like, this was probably worse than, like, Jake Fromm. This was worse than Mike Glennon. I mean, it was bad. We've seen some bad quarterback play by the Giants in recent years. And whether it was, as I mentioned, Fromm, Glennon, DeVito, Tyrod today looked pretty awful when he was in there. Daniel Jones has had his bad moments. I mean, I, I just want this fan base to witness great quarterback play at some point. That's all I want, really. I just want to find a franchise quarterback 
and have sustained success for the next 10 to 15 years. That would be ideal to, to end up with Caleb Williams or Drake May. So I know it's week eight going into week nine. We don't want to talk about that shit, but like, I just got to be honest. Like, that's really all I care about at this point. Like they're, they're two and six. If I'm the Giants, I'm trading pieces this week. There's no reason why. I think the trade deadline's on Tuesday, right? The 31st. So if I'm the Giants, I'm doing everything I can to get Leonard Williams out of here, who has been better lately. Hopefully that's more value for him. Get Adoree Jackson out of here. I probably would trade Saquon Barkley, but they probably won't because they're the Giants and that's John Mara's guy. So don't see it happening. But any, anybody you can get some draft picks for, even if it's Paris Campbell, that's fine too. Uh, Darius Slayton, like whoever, whoever you want to trade and get some, some draft picks for, this is a great draft. Apparently not just quarterbacks, but everything like try and get as many picks as you can. The giants don't have that many picks anyway in this upcoming draft. So if I'm the giants, you're two and six, make some moves, get more picks. It just makes all the sense in the world. Um, that's pretty much it for the offense. I'm trying to see, like, as I mentioned, this game had like the most punts since 2003, um, their negative nine passing yards was the most or fewest by a team since 2000. There's another tweet here. The Giants had a 97.9% a chance to win this game today. So, you know, it's a shame. Like, you know, I feel bad for the guys in the locker room. Like when I say I'm fine losing as a fan, people for some reason don't understand. Like I understand that, that players don't feel that way. Players are not tanking. I completely get it. You're playing for a contract. You're playing for pride. Players still want to win. Players don't care if the team has a franchise quarterback next year. Maybe some do. But, you know, Leonard Williams is not out there giving any type of shit about Caleb Williams. Like, he doesn't. Maybe he does because of USC. I'm just kidding. But you get the point. Like, these guys are still playing to win. Brian Dable is still playing to, you know, coaching to win. How does Joe Shane feel? He might have more of a long-term view of like, okay, I'm fine losing this game if it means we get a better pick. Like, a front office may feel that way. We saw the perfect example of that back in that game when the Eagles benched Jalen Hurts during his rookie year for Nate Sudfeld. Every Giants fan remembers that about how the, you know, the Eagles kind of screwed us out of a playoff spot. But I understood it. I was one of the few Giants fans that was like, hey, they did the right thing. And look how good the Eagles are and look how much value they've gotten since that pick. Um, I think they flipped that pick to somebody. They got a bunch of draft picks in return. It worked out perfectly. So I'm a big picture guy. I say that all the time. I have no problem with, you know, the front office wanting to tank or, you know, the owner, even our owner would never, but like, you know, Joe Shane's a pretty smart guy for the most part. I feel like he probably has a, you know, a big picture view of this entire thing. So, you know, but as I said, players are not tanking. Coaches are not tanking. Like you can't expect that. But I think as a fan, you can root for whatever you want. When you're two and six, I feel like it's, it's all fair game at that point. If you want to root for a draft pick, go for it. If you want to rattle off some wins and, and end up with six or seven wins, then that's fine. But, you know, I don't agree with that personally. But but as I said, players are going to play hard. That just is what it is. On the defensive side of the ball, shout out to this guy right here, Kayvon Thibodeau. Awesome game. I mean, I, f I feel very good for Kayvon. Like, I feel like a lot of the fan base was just fed up with him after like two or three games. And it's like, guys, it's, it's like two or three games, like give him some time. He showed enough signs last year where, you know, he's good. And Kayvon, I believe now I saw from a tweet somewhere that he's on pace for 16 sacks. Now that's what one great game will do for you. Um, Kayvon had three sacks today. He had six solo tackles, three tackles for loss, one forced fumble on the first drive, which led to the Giants field goal. 
I mean, the defense absolutely did enough for them to win this game, which is kind of like the crappy part about it. I feel like the Giants' defense now for three straight games has been phenomenal. Um, some other guys who looked great today, Cordell Flott made a couple of awesome plays. Bobby Okereke did his thing as usual. I mean, there were some bad parts. Dory Jackson with the terrible, you know, uh, pass interference at the end. You hate to see that part. Dexter Lawrence had a sack, and I feel like he may have been held a couple times at the end, too, that were not called. Like, I figured for sure, like, oh, that's a flag, that's a flag. And they didn't throw it, so I was kind of surprised by that. I really did think that Dexter Lawrence kind of drew some holding calls that were not called. But, um... Who else? Deontay Banks had a up-and-down game. I would say, like, the first quarter or so, he made some nice plays. He had a great pass breakup on, like, a, a curl to Garrett Wilson. But I feel like, for how good Garrett Wilson is, I, I feel like he did a good job, you know, for a rookie. And, you know, Wilson did have seven catches for 100 yards. But I feel like he did all he could. Like, it wasn't that bad of a performance. Like, I think we saw enough signs there where it's like, all right, like, Deontay Banks played well today for the most part. So I wasn't that disappointed by him. Um, but going through the rest of the game and what the defense did, I mentioned the Kayvon force fumble. Jihad Ward recovered it. Giants came away with three points there. Kayvon had a big run stop on a third and one to force a punt. Uh, I mentioned the Deontay Banks pass breakup on Garrett Wilson. The Brees Hall 50-yard touchdown, which was like a straight-up dump-off pass by Zach Wilson. Just one of those, like, check down for a few yards. And that should have went for like five, six yards at most. And somehow Brees Hall, as good as he is, found a way to just scamper to the end zone, which made no sense. He went through a bunch of different giants and like, that's just horrible team tackling. I can't call out one person right there. That's like, you have to find a way to bring that man to the ground. So just awful tackling by the giants. And we've definitely seen our fair share of that this season. Um, Jason Pinnock, I didn't mention him. He had a couple nice plays. He did break up a nice play where, um, I think it was Tyler. Was it Tyler Conklin? Jack Conklin. No, Jack Conklin's the Brown. What the hell is uh, Conklin's name? CJ Uzuma. Tyler Conklin. All right, that really threw me for a loop. Um, But Tyler Conklin had a uh, what would have been a first down catch on like an out route. And Jason Pinnock broke that up. So a great play by him. Cordell Flott had a really nice pass breakup on a really good throw by Zach Wilson. A pass intended for Alan Lazard to the left sideline. So Flott had a couple nice plays. Pinnock made some big plays. Um, the Giants did recover a fumble on a bad snap. And the Jets were down to like their fifth string center or something like that. It was crazy. They were down to their third center in this one game alone, I think. So that was just tough for them. Um, there was a pass interference on Deontay Banks on a third and 15. I don't think it was a good call. That's what I wrote down at least. I can't remember the play off the top of my head, but I feel like that was a crappy call on Deontay Banks. I'm trying to think what happened in that situation, but I'll have to watch it back. Um, Pinnock had another pass breakup on Conklin to force a punt. Then in overtime, the defense had the two pass interference plays that pretty much lost them the game. There was the third and 10 Deontay Banks pass interference on Garrett Wilson, but he caught the ball anyway and, and, you know, got a couple extra yards out of it. So, you know, sometimes you have to tip your cap to a great receiver. There was a third and five, of course, the PI on Adoree Jackson, which set up the Jets for a game-winning field goal. So just a crazy game. And, you know, you go through it at the end. Like, how do you lose that game? You had that type of lead and it should have been over. You know, the Giants had a three-point lead. They were on the Jets' side of the field on the 17-yard line with – um you know, how much time, 28 seconds left or 27 seconds left. I mean, you have to win that game. Like there's, there's no doubt about it. Um, it's frustrating to see, you know, the teams you root for just can't close out games 
that they should be closing out. And I've seen that with the Brooklyn Nets through two games so far this season. So I get it. I've been through it a lot lately as a fan. The Jets offense in overtime, trying to think what they did here. So there was the Brees Hall run for no gain, stopped by Kayvon Thibodeau. Um, incomplete pass. Then there was a third and 10 pass interference on Deontay Banks. Um, Brees Hall, five yard gain. So it got to a third and five on the Giants 45 yard line. So if the Giants were able to get a stop there, then they could have forced a punt probably. But unfortunately, Adoree Jackson got caught out of position. And I think it was, I forget who the receiver was, but the receiver had to come back for the ball and Adoree Jackson was right there and it just, you know, hit Adoree in the back basically. And nine times out of 10, a uh, official's going to throw the, throw the flag there. So it kind of is what it is. That's, that's the rules. So can't complain too much about it. And the final field goal, I really did think in real time that he missed it. Like I, it really looked like he missed it while I left at first. I believe that I think Dexter Lawrence said in the post game that Leonard Williams was the one who tipped that final field goal and I guess he like just got a piece of it to like make it go a little off to the left, but unfortunately it still went through. If he did miss that, this game probably ends in a tie, and I do hate ties, so you know I guess it is what it is. But just not a fun game to watch. I gotta be honest. It, it was just it felt like 2021 end of the season. Jake Fromm, Mike Glennon once again. It just felt like that. Um, right now the Giants. They don't have a quarterback next week. You know it's Tommy DeVito. I'm sure they're gonna sign somebody else, some other type of veteran. Who that is, I have no idea. I think Matt Barkley is a name who gets uh, brought up a lot because he was with Dable back in uh, Buffalo, I believe. So maybe it's Matt Barkley, whatever. Um, but right now the Giants are five and a half point dogs in uh, in Las Vegas next week, and the Raiders are not that good of a team. But you know the Raiders do play Monday tomorrow, so we'll see if they have any injuries. Um, Garoppolo should be back tomorrow, I saw. So we'll see if he makes it through the game. But you know I just don't see the Giants winning next week. But as I said, it is what it is. Um, Daniel Jones, apparently, they're looking to bring him back against Dallas in Week 10. But I think realistically with Jones, nobody knows when he's coming back. I, I think people are making educated guesses, but the guy has still not been cleared for contact. So for me to sit here and say, oh, there's a 100% chance Jones is back by the Dallas game, I can't say that. I have no idea. I don't think the Giants even know. I think they're they're kind of shooting for that. They're kind of making that like their goal to get him back for that Week 10 Dallas game. But there's no guarantee. So... Even if Jones comes back that game, that's a first. That's a rough first game to come back to against that defense, who today looked amazing against the Rams. So that's a tough place to be. So um, as for Tyrod, I have no idea if it's like a, a lung or a ribs issue. Like we'll see how bad this is. Hopefully he's fine. But with an injury like that, definitely concerning. But we'll see. It really depends on like when these quarterbacks can come back. Whether it's Tyrod or Jones, whoever comes back first. I feel like until they get one of those guys back, they're probably not going to win a game. I don't know how you win games with Tommy DeVito in the NFL. It just does. It just doesn't feel like it adds up. So, you know, if he's back for Dallas, I still don't think they win that game. Um, the schedule to close out the year is is you have some easier games, but it's still pretty tough overall. I would say like at Dallas, at Washington, you have the Patriots and Packers at home, which is like okay, those seem relatively winnable. At the Saints, at the Eagles, tough games, especially the Eagles. Home versus the Rams, home versus the Eagles. I mean, we'll see. But if they don't get their quarterbacks back, like if Jones is not cleared in time or if Jones is just not cleared the rest of the year, which is, as I said, it's still up, you know, we have no idea. Like nobody really knows. They're just kind of just making their best educated guess. If Jones is not back for a very long time or maybe the entire year, if Tyrod's out for a very long time, maybe the entire year, then 
if it's DeVito and some guy off the street at quarterback, I don't see them winning many games here. They might win like one or two more at most. So, you know, there is a chance. I mean, as I said, there is a chance this team has a very high pick in the draft. It probably is the best thing for this team going forward long term, which is all I care about. I don't care about the rest of this year. As I mentioned, you're two and six. It's over. You know, right now I'm worried about can you get a franchise quarterback? Can you get Caleb? Can you get Drake May? That's what matters to me right now. So that's what I'm looking forward to. And, you know, we'll see what happens. I I feel like you don't even have to root against the Giants because they're just not going to be competitive against most of these teams. Like, you really think the Giants are going to go into Dallas with Tommy DeVito and beat the Dallas Cowboys? Like, no, it's not going to happen. So, you know, you just sit there and watch and you see what happens. You observe. You hope that the young guys get better. You hope Evan Neal comes back and plays better. You hope Kayvon keeps this up and plays like like an all-pro player and... You know, we'll see if the young guys can keep it up. But that's pretty much all I have to look forward to right now. So it sucks that we're halfway through the year, basically, and the season's over. But luckily, as Giants fans, we're used to that. And we'll see what happens. And, you know, I'm not a fan of the Jets saying, like, oh, we run New York and all that shit. Like, no, like, you guys suck today. Like, the Jets would not have beat any other team in the NFL this week. If you want to run around and throw a parade about it, go for it. But, like, you beat Tommy DeVito, bro. Like, nobody cares. Like, the Jets are going nowhere. Uh, Zach Wilson's horrendous. I don't care if he looked good in the final, like, you know, the final two drives. Like, he looked horrendous. He threw an out route. Not even an out route. It was like a play where he was rolling out the pocket and Brees Hall was in the flat and he was wide open. He threw the ball on the ground. I mean, I feel like you can get a guy from the stands to make that type of throw. I'm just like, you're not going anywhere with Zach Wilson. Now, maybe, maybe Aaron Rodgers is back. I still don't think it's going to happen. He looks fine in the pregame warmups. He looks pretty good, but... It's still such a long shot to come back from an Achilles tear that fast, but we'll see what happens. But yeah, I don't really listen. As for who runs New York, you know who the answer is? It's the one team that actually plays in New York, the Buffalo Bills. They run New York. So let's not get in this stupid competition here. But anyway, for those who sat through that horrible game, I mean, God bless you, but I was there too. It is what it is. Negative nine passing yards once again. 12 first downs each for these teams. Horrible third down efficiency. Four sacks each for these teams, <laughs> 24 total punts, just a very ugly football game. But hopefully against the Raiders, they look a bit more competent, but can't guarantee that because it doesn't look like we have a quarterback next week. So we'll see what happens. Hope you guys enjoyed, and I'll talk to you guys next time.